Chapter 1 I have never been able to feel for Charles Lamb the affection that he inspires in most of his readers. There is a cross-grain in my nature that makes me resent the transports of others, and gush will dry up in me, against my will, for heaven knows I have no wish to chill by my coldness the enthusiasm of my neighbours, the capacity of admiration. Too many critics have written of Charles Lamb with insipidity for me ever to have been able to read him without uneasiness. He is like one of those persons of overflowing heart who seem to lie in wait for disaster to befall you so that they may envelop you with their sympathy. Their arms are so quickly outstretched to raise you when you fall that you cannot help asking yourself as you rub your barked shin whether by any chance they did not put in your path the stone that tripped you up. I am afraid of people with too much charm. They devour you. In the end you are made a sacrifice to the exercise of their fascinating gift and their insincerity. Nor do I much care for writers whose charm is their chief asset. It is not enough. I want something to get my teeth into, and when I ask for roast beef and Yorkshire pudding I am dissatisfied to be given bread and milk. I am put out of countenance by the sensibility of the gentle Elia. For a generation Rousseau had pinned every writer's heart to his sleeve, and it was in his day still the fashion to write with a lump in the throat, but Lamb's emotion, to my mind, too often suggests the facile lacrimosity of the alcoholic. I cannot but think his tenderness would have been advantageously tempered by abstinence, a blue pill, and a black draught. Of course, when you read the references made to him by his contemporaries, you discover that the gentle Elia is an invention of the sentimentalists. He was a more robust, irascible, and intemperate fellow than they have made him out, and he would have laughed, and with justice, at the portrait they have painted of him. If you had met him one evening at Benjamin Hayden's, you would have seen a grubby little person, somewhat the worse for liquor, who could be very dull, and if he made a joke it might as easily have been a bad as a good one. In fact, you would have met Charles Lamb, and not the gentle Elia. And if you had read that morning one of his essays in the London magazine, you would have thought it an agreeable trifle. It would never have occurred to you that this pleasant piece would serve one day as a pretext for the lucubrations of the learned. You would have read it in the right spirit, for to you it would have been a living thing. It is one of the misfortunes to which the writer is subject that he is too little praised when he is alive and too much when he is dead. The critics force us to read the classics, as Machiavelli wrote, in court dress, whereas we should do much better to read them as though they were our contemporaries in a dressing gown. And because I had read Lamb in deference to common opinion rather than from inclination, I had forborne to read Hazlitt at all. What with the innumerable books it urgently imported me to read, I came to the conclusion that I could afford to neglect a writer who had but done mediocrely, I understood, what another had done with excellence and the gentle Elia bored me. It was seldom I had read anything about Lamb without coming across a fling and a sneer at Hazlitt. I knew that Fitzgerald had once intended to write a life of him, but had given up the project in disgust of his character. He was a mean, savage, nasty little man, and an unworthy hanger-on of the circle in which Lamb, Keats, Shelley, Coleridge, and Wordsworth shone with so bright a luster— there seemed no need to waste any time on a writer of so little talent and of so unpleasant a nature. But one day, about to start on a long journey, I was wandering round Bumpuses looking for books to take with me when I came across a selection of Hazlitt's essays. 
It was an agreeable little volume in a green cover, and nicely printed, cheap in price and light to hold, and out of curiosity to know the truth about an author of whom I had read so much ill, I put it on the pile that I'd already collected.